Coming to you from the M&M Exterior Studio in Nooksville, Virginia, this is Flushing It Out with Samantha Spittle, the introvert's extrovert. She talks to people so you don't have to. For now. Welcome back to Flushing It Out. I am here with my guest, Jill Perla. Jill, thanks so much for joining us. Thanks for having me. Jill is, I would say, a corporate woman turned professional artist. Got it. I love it. it. Well, we were, you know, full disclosure, we were chatting before we hit record. And I'm excited now to finally be recording because Jill, Jill and I have crossed paths. And as soon as she said she was all about sharing your story, I knew that you were the woman I wanted to flush it out with. So thank you so much for being willing to flush it out. I am so willing, and especially with you, this is going to be fun. Definitely. So um, tell, I would love to hear, have, just have a quick, you know, who are you? I always ask that so people kind of know who you're, who we're talking with. Sure. So again, my name's Jill Perla. I own an art company, and I've been doing art professionally full-time for about 10 years now. Um, I got into the business um, when my dad was diagnosed with Alzheimer's. So he was going to day away camps and he found himself doing art lessons and doing pretty well at it. And because he and I are so similar, I was like, wait a second, he's pretty good at this. I'm going to give it a try. And literally, not even lying, I picked up the paintbrush and from then on, I can't put it down. It's ridiculous. So I've made a business out of it. Quit, quit my big, um, fancy, expensive high paying job and said, forget it. I'm, I'm doing this downsized wow. and you know, I'm off to the races and I couldn't be happier doing what I do. That's really. awesome. Really, really. Yeah. You yeah. said that so, um, not quickly in speed, but the, the evolution of the story, yes. but you know, you touched upon, you put down this huge corporate job yeah. and became a full-time artist. And so I would love, like, I feel like that, um, Without, we don't even need to go into the details of that exactly, but it's that like right. willingness to make that huge shift, I think is just yes. such, such wisdom. Um, there's just a lot of wisdom in that of what kind of turned you to that. And like I said, you both and I are so on the same page with peeling back the layers and kind of getting to the stuff, the real stuff. So, yeah, I mean, it's funny because when I was little, I didn't know art was going to be in my wheelhouse. In fact, when I was little, when I went to art class, I would find like intimidating, like, you know, especially in grade school, you know, the rooms are big, the smells are funny. And I was like, it was very chaotic. And I was like, what, what, what's happening here? And I took a couple classes with my sister, and she was actually good at it. And one of the, the teachers said, nah, you're not so good at it. And I was like, oh, forget it. Oh, All right, I'm no. not doing it. Yeah, you know, when you're a kid and you hear that, you're like, okay, that's that's no bueno. So you yeah. decide to put the, you know, you're like, okay, well, I'm not creative, so we'll do something else. And so my whole life, I kept struggling with, really, who am I? And where do I fit? Because my brothers and sisters were all extraordinarily book smart, um, like super smart, Dean's List, mm-hmm. you know, all that stuff. And that wasn't me. I, and I was like, okay, so meanwhile, back at the ranch, I'm not creative. I'm not book smart. So where am I? You know, not creative according to the teachers, but yeah. I was a people pleaser. I, I was good at that. I was really good at that. <laughs> 
Isn't that funny? So, so you just said people pleasing and, and before we started recording, you know, we were kind of chatting about like, man, there's this huge, this, this people pleasing. I just feel like the older you get, the more it's revealed in you yes. and, and to our, to our betterment, if that's the right word, because it's something we can kind of work on. So do you feel like the people pleasing, you kind of started to shed that as the artists emerged? Yeah, that's actually very intuitive of you to say, but it's true. It's very true because I knew my whole life I would always have food as a coping mechanism. I had like stress would build up and I would pass out because I would get so stressed out. I know it sounds weird, but I would get so stressed out because I was trying to make sure everybody else was happy. For sure. That after, you know, it would happen like every six months, like I would like the stress inside of me would get so strong and big um, that I was like, I, I just couldn't handle it. And the, I, I, it was as it's, it's hard as it sounds. It was actually kind of funny when you look back at it because of all the different places I passed out. Oh, gosh. I'd like to jog through a couple. Oh, gosh. That <laughs> worst place to pass out at, go. Okay. No, really, seriously. Uh, let's see. Church was a good one. Like I was in the way back. So I, I, I like looked like I was bent over trying to oh, find no. the hymnal on the front. So my, my brother carried me out. Oh, I no. passed out on a city street in Boston once. I passed out on a subway in DC. That was fun. And then I passed out off a horse oh, and no. in the grocery store. I, <laughs> So how done it in a lifetime. How long did it take you to connect the dots that this was not like a medical condition? It was right. a, you know a more of a mind. I mean, I guess it's still medical, but meaning like yeah, mind versus. It's funny because it took a long time. I mean, I knew deep in my heart that something was weird, but I couldn't mm-hmm. quite figure out what it was. And I went through yeah. therapy in high school and you know, in a little bit in college, because I did not want to go away to college. I really struggled with that. But of yeah. course, my brothers and sisters, they all went away. So that was the thing I was going to do. And that was when I started kind of peeling back the onion, do you, yeah. phrase, you know, yeah. so but and it's, it's a, it's a lifetime, but it really wasn't until my mid 40s that I decided who I really am and what I really want to do. And when I decided who I am and what I wanted to do, that's when the food became secondary. Ooh. Yes, the Ooh. food became secondary. Because right now, honest to goodness, it's so true. It's true. Mm, I, mean, so I, need to, I always say on, my, on season one, I would say, say that again, Jill. And when you said that, I was like, oh my gosh. So you said when I, came, when I found out, figured out who I really was, that's when the yeah. food, and you could replace for that, coping mechanism. That's when whatever yes. coping mechanism was yes. there became second. Second. So good. And it wasn't, it, I mean, seriously, I, I'm my, I, I feel like I'm very intuitive and I understand myself because of all the things I've gone through in my life. But mm-hmm. I think the practice of hovering over in your mind's eye and looking at your life from a different perspective down like I'll pretend I'm like um, like watching the ocean or something, yeah. right? And then I slowly kind of come up and I'm watching it and watching what I'm doing. And it, it takes practice. But once you do that, I discovered along the way that I kept weight on because I was protecting myself. 
I didn't want anybody to see me. And I felt the heavier I was, the more unseen I would be. And the more unseen I would be, I then would become personally secondary. And then other people would become first. They would be, I would be the pleaser because I'm in the back seat at all times mm. because I was, I was not, you know, valued because I yeah. wasn't thin, I wasn't pretty, I wasn't, you know, yeah. perfect, right? Mm. There's a lot there. Yeah. Yeah, there's a lot. Let's unpack that because I can't relate to that at all. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> Hashtag my life. Um, no. So I, yeah, I so I love um, when you said you look back from the bird's eye view. Mm-hmm. I talk a lot about this power of our stories and how you know, kind of looking back. I mean, the whole I guess you could say flagship or whatever of this whole podcast started with that idea of taking something that could that I thought I would take to the grave and spinning it around and realizing there's a lot here to unpack. It's more than just, you know, an embarrassing story. And I always say too, we talked before we started recording, so to fill all the listeners in, we talked about calculated vulnerability. And so I said, you know, for me, joking about, you know, for me, you know, as we're kicking off this new season. So if you're a new listener, you know, for me, it's that I, you know, pooped my pants. And I thought I would take that to the grave. And then I realized, oh my gosh, if I'm carrying this much shame around the trivial stuff, how are we ever going to talk about the real stuff? And it was that looking back at that story and changing the narrative into, it started out saying, I'm so disgusting. I'm so horrible. Um, And then hearing other people had done it too. And like I said, this is such a trivial, I feel like I'm sick of even saying it. Not really, because of course I'll talk about stuff all the time, but it's such a trivial example. But we all carry around these heavy things, much heavier, much more um, real and, and traumatic that we don't talk about. But it's that the more we hide it, the more it hurts us. And like you said, we have the coping mechanisms. And then we, you know, with like for you, you know, your example of using food, which I can relate to, it's like, it's, it's um, covering up for something. Absolutely. So. Absolutely. And it's funny, I did um, lots of therapy around it, but one thing I did do that was very helpful too is um, hypnosis. I, yeah, really? hypnosis. And you have to find the right person. They have to be someone you ex- trust extraordinarily and are willing to be vulnerable. And it's, it's one of those things they say with hypnosis, you can do therapy that might take, say, a year, mm-hmm. squish down in maybe six weeks, right? Yeah. And I'm not saying it's the end-all, be-all, but it sure did. It taught me all different sort of mantras that I'll go through, mm. which I haven't in a while, but, you yeah. know, I am healthy. I am thoughtful, you know, whatever it, it, yes. it is. And then you kind of build that up. That's like changing the tapes we tell ourselves Yes, because you talk a lot about your story and, you know, Mm -hmm. um, which I want to talk about in a second with that a little more, but I was just thinking, you know, we become ourselves. So for me, you know, just sharing some of my own stuff and kind of moving from calculated vulnerability to more vulnerability, you know, for me, I've seen now that my weight has been an issue and I fluctuated. And when I lost weight, I did it the right way and healthy and all this stuff. So I thought, oh, I, I did it right. So I'm right. solved that problem. I can just check block that, you know, right. hit the, hit the check mark and I'm, and I'm good. 
But what I realized, and when you were saying that, I thought, oh man, I still have these tapes though that I say to myself, which is, you know, I'm not athletic. I, I am this, I am that. And so then it becomes when life gets stressful, which hello, 2020, it's, you fall back into, well, I'm already this person. So I might as well do this. And, you know, for whatever it is for anyone. So it takes a lot of energy to re think about it, to rebuild what you've been telling yourself for how many years? I mean, I mean, because life gets in the way, 2020 gets in the way, everything Mm -hmm. else gets in the way. And it's like, you know, the word mindfulness is so kicked around these days, but, um, you know, and and I'm glad it is out there so much, but it is so true that you really have to sit back and think and thinking takes time. (laughs) Sometimes you just want to get that done. Oh, totally. (laughs) Well, do it. Well, my husband and I were joking with like therapy, you know, so he started in January and I remember Brene Brown talked about this too. And she talked about going to therapy is you go with like, this is my issue. This is what I need to work on. And it's like, oh, oh, that's just the tip of the iceberg. (laughs) Like all of our stuff, you know, so we think, oh, oh, I just, all I need to do is change these tapes. Like, no, there's so much we need to unpack and. Right. Or you get frustrated with the therapist and you're looking at them like, okay, really? You're not, you're not answering my questions, Mm -hmm. ma'am, sir. (laughs) Yeah. Let's move on. I don't hear any answers. (laughs) I know. Just give me the answer. Tell me what I'm supposed to do. They're in you. They are in you. The answers are in you. Now, speaking of that, like I know you helped co-author the book Voices of the 21st Century. Yes. So I I would love to hear what you kind of talked about in there and maybe peel that back a little bit. Sure, sure. So, you know, we delved into a little bit about me becoming an artist, but really the fact that I was told I was not creative was a story that stuck with me for years. And... I went to these classes um, with my sister, who is hard of hearing. She's aphasic. Um, she was born a rebella child, and I don't know if um, I'm not great with all the specifics. So, if there are people listening that are, you know, scientists, doctors, forgive me, I might get it wrong. But bottom line is, there were five kids in the family, and she, being one of them, she was the third, so right in the middle. And the doctors said it was like having that one child made it seem like there were 11 kids in the family Hmm. because she was so needy of time Mm -hmm. and energy. And years ago, this is, I mean, she was born in the sixties. They did not, people did not teach sign language. So it was me being the interpreter a lot because I was, I was the people pleaser, Mm -hmm. right? So Picture this, you're, you know, five, six, and you're watching your favorite shows like Sesame Street. She has no idea what's going on because she can't hear what the TV is saying to her. No closed captioning. So here I am trying to get the storyline myself and then trying to feed it to her Mm. and talk about a lot of resentment and, um, you know. And pressure too, pressure pressure for that. Yeah. and Pressure that she would get frustrated. I mean, it was just... It was tough because when you're aphasic, so not only was she hard of hearing, she was aphasic. So what the messages would go into her brain and she might understand them, but they wouldn't come back out correctly. Kind of like when somebody has a stroke, for example, Mm -hmm. you know, Um, but that was the way it was. So not only was it she couldn't hear, but she had that aphasia layered Mm -hmm. on top. So 
that was a difficult childhood. Um, yeah. But I also look at everything that cups flow over and yeah. I learn so much from that patience, empathy, and um, just realizing how thankful and blessed I am personally that I have all my faculties. Now she's mm -hmm. married. She's doing great. She's super smart. Um, and you would, you would look at my sister and think nothing's wrong with her, but mm -hmm. you know, growing up all that work got her to where she is today, but all the work was put into her, not so much others. And you said something that I would love to kind of zone in on is, yeah, you got all the good things from it. And yes. so this, this is something that sticks out with me. And of course, I always love having other people unpack their stuff because it helps me unpack my stuff. That's yeah. kind of the point of the podcast. Um, so you said, you know, there was, there was this resentment. There was, you had a really hard time, but you had all this good stuff because you are a cup overflowing person. Right. And I know for me, I'm a very much, it's like a joke amongst my friends it's fine. Everything's fine. You know, the light yeah. world is falling down, but it's fine yeah. because I know like, and it is like, cause I know that things will be better and that right. this will all work for good. And that, right. and I'm realizing, Oh, there it's that like, it's the not fine thing that I need to sometimes lean into more. Yeah. And so yeah. I'm wondering is did is that what you started to unpack as you got older was the not fine part about your childhood versus oh so I'm so lucky to well, not lucky that's a horrible way to say no, it but you know I get it. I got yeah. this, you know, but but I learned this and I learned this but was it unpacking that really kind of hard stuff? It, it yes, and to this day I I'm so forgetful. Mm. I love forgetting things. I love forgetting mm. hurts. I love mm. forgetting. And that is so helpful at times in being a compartmentalizer for <laughs> to yeah. is a great strategy for short-term success, but not long-term success. A great strategy for short-term success, but not long-term success. Take that. <laughs> oh, oh my gosh. Write that right? down, people, if right? you're listening. Oh my gosh, forgetting things and compartmentalizing yes. is great for short-term success, but not long-term. Oh my gosh, you just blew yes. my mind. No, and it's so true, though, because I am the poster child of that Wow. Don't do it, people. I'm old. Don't do it. <laughs> and gorgeous and amazing oh, and a badass. <laughs> no, but, but that's so a, good. So that's good. the thing, though. And once you realize, like, it's hard. I hate hurting. I think everybody hates to hurt. But, you know, there's some people out there that I swear, like my sister, my other sister, God love her. God love her. But she's a realist, right? Mm -hmm. She has something happen to her and she just... She just wallows in it, gets in it, mushes around in it, messes around with it, and then she moves on. Whereas me, like, Oop, that didn't happen. All good here. All right, next. Let's keep moving. And then that's where it's like, no, fool, stop, stop, stop. Yes. You've got to deal with this. Feel the and feelings, all that feel stuff. Feel it. Yes. It's so much more fun to laugh, though. Oh, I know. Right? Oh, I love laughing. <laughs> I love laughing. I, I am yeah. a big cry laugher, you know, where oh, you yeah. cry, but you're Probably laughing. because snort, yes. Yeah, because it's like, 
and, and not laughing so hard you cry. I mean, for me, I will cry, but then I laugh because I yes. find the humor in it. And it's like, man, Sam, can't you just let yourself be, you know, destroyed? But like, no, I can't totally be destroyed. I have to pull myself out with some humor or something, but because yes. that's my coping, one of, one of my coping mechanisms. Yeah, because you're afraid. I, I think my biggest fear in life is the fear of getting, because my mom, now this is another little tidbit about me. My mom has bipolar depression mm-hmm. to layer that onto everything. So she would be with migraines or completely oh, out. So I would have to deal with her, right? Yes. Not deal with her, but yeah, handle things. Like I yeah. became the default mom sometimes. Mm. And I think I carry so much pressure to be positive because I was deathly afraid that one day I was going to wake up not being able to do it and having to stay in bed. And that's, that's, a, that's something that is, I carry with. And when somebody say, oh, there's so much stigma around mental health uh-huh. than there was years ago. It's, it's now starting to be a little bit more open, but you know, if your arm's broken, you fix it. If your mind's broken, you got to be able to fix it, right? Totally. But nobody totally. wants to talk about that. Nobody well, wants to talk about it. that's so funny you say that because I've struggled with migraines since like fourth grade. And mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. it's just this year, you know, unpacking more of life. Um, cause I already went through the whole roller coaster of these are my fault, like feeling cause shocker, I'm a people pleaser, you know, I'm, we're, I'm a, right. trying to be a recovering people pleaser, but I think I'm still a people pleaser. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but I went through all of this, it's my fault and da da da. And because when you hear that, like it's connected to other stuff, I kind of interpreted that as I'm causing it. So yeah. I thankfully worked through some of that, like, okay, I'm not causing it. But I'm also trying to do more with noticing. That's why you said mindfulness. Mm. I love um, that a term that keeps coming over and over again. You know, just when you when you read books about um, healing brokenness and all that kind of stuff, mm-hmm. it's it's notice it. And so I'm trying to do a better job to say, okay, if I feel a feeling. I think what I've done for so long is like pushed it down. And I didn't think I was because I'm all about processing and peeling back the layers and connecting. Right. But it's almost like that's in, I, it's like in conversations or in for me, you know, with my, I've just, I feel like God has blessed me with, you know, good friendships where I'm able to do that, you know, or, um, but if I'm not in that space where I'm peeling back the layers, Mm -hmm then it's just get it, just carry on, get it done. So right. it was almost like I fooled myself, I think, because I thought I was this person who dealt with the stuff because I did when it was safe environment. Right. But it's like, I don't, I like, I learned this path. Well, I actually, the last few years when I really started kind of dealing with my migraines more, I was a go, go, go person. Yeah. But I was popping Excedrin all the time. Oh gosh, yeah. I don't even want to tell you how many years. Um, yeah. So, but it, so it was like, oh, I can't go, 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 because that runs me down. And if the only way I can do it is with Excedrin, you know, or a coping, right. that was a coping mechanism. Right. And now it's like, oh, I need if I start to feel these feelings, kind of notice them. Yes. Because maybe I need to take a break or not go do something or mm-hmm. talk about something, you know, maybe it just, it's all this stuff that I just feel like finally is starting to 
click a little bit. Click. Yeah. It's funny when you say migraines, my mom would get yeah. those migraines and, you know, I don't get migraines, but I know when I'm super stressed, sometimes I get those little wiggly line mm-hmm. things. Yeah. The aura. And I'm like, yeah. Oh boy, I'm going down. I'm going yeah. down. And you know, you get it. I, I'm so thankful. I, I get just a headache and I'm on with it, but your body tells you so much and you just mm-hmm. have to listen to it. You just have to listen because yeah. it really, humans are so amazing. I mean, the brain and the body and how it all works together. And it's amazing. You just open your ears up and listen to it. You're like, Oh, Oh, maybe that's wrong. Right. Yes. And it's not supposed to be like this. And, mm-hmm. and I think like you were saying earlier that sometimes you go through things and you're like, check the box and just keep moving. Mm-hmm. Well, sometimes you, like you said, you think you've processed it, but it, it comes back again and you have to be um, able to understand and soft with yourself is mm. the right word, but gentle with yourself. Yeah. Like you Give yourself others. grace. Yeah. Yeah. Grace and say, you know what? Who cares? It's coming back a little bit. Let it mm-hmm. be. Let, yeah. let it just sit there for a minute, you know? Yep. And, and I think that's where I, I put so much of my, um, energy and work into my art. And that's how I yeah. process a lot of things too, is just kind of dumping it. Now, when you work on a piece, um, mm-hmm. when you work on a piece, do you have the picture in mind or does it kind of flow through the process? Well, normally what I do is I do a lot of commissioned work, right? Mm-hmm. So meaning people come to me and say they want me to create something for them which then I become the channel for their vision and my ego is not in there. And I know it sounds heady and all this weird stuff, but honestly, I love it. When when somebody comes to me and says they want me to paint for them, subject, color, size, shape, whatever. Fine. We get kind of that down, but then we start talking about what are your values? What are, you know, what, what is your family about? What is it that you want in that room? What is it? What's the mood you want? Do you need more energy? What is it? Is your family connected? Do they need more connectivity? And, you know, I really, they have no idea that I'm sussing out all this when I'm talking to them, when I interview them. But those are all the things that I need for myself to start going through the process. And that to me is the ultimate to be able to channel what people's vision and how they visually want to direct their space through me, the artist. That's, I was just thinking like, oh man, I feel like you're almost, I can't think of the right, it's not therapy. So that's not the right word, but I wonder, I'm curious, um, like, you know, so someone was telling me this activity they did recently where everyone went around and, um, oh, it was, um, Dawn, she's a a life coach. She specializes Mm -hmm. with moms. And so she talked about what is your definition of a badass? Mm -hmm. And she had the women this, she's, um, she runs like a mom's group. And so they, she said, but you're not giving the definition. You're just think of a woman who, you know, who's a badass. 
and just we're going to go around and tell her story. Why is she a badass? So the people told the story of who this person was in their mind that was the badass. And what everyone else in the room did that listened to her, they all said words back to them to say, to help that person who was doing the talking Right. Come up with their def, like what I, so to you, you know, what I heard from your story is this word came up in my mind and this right. word, and they almost told her back what her definition of a badass was. Right. And, and I loved that because I thought sometimes we have a hard time putting into words our values or our yes. beliefs. And so when you were talking about the painting, I thought, oh my gosh, it is like people almost like sharing their stuff. I'll try yes. to be better with my language, yes. sharing their stuff with you. And you almost are able to then give them back the reflection. And it's because you worked out your own stuff that you can do that. Yes. Yes. And here's so the deal. Cool. It's, it's funny. One of the things I was, I was talking to somebody else and they said, what do you do if somebody hates the art and they come to you and say, I don't like it. I say, thank you. I say, thank you. All, yeah. In all honesty, I'm like, good. Because we started. And you have the honesty to tell me where you're at because this piece is for you. Mm. You're saying to me, because I have to put something out. I have to start, right? I have to start somewhere. Like this, you can't see because we're doing a podcast, but the piece yeah. behind me is a couple layers in. And the first go was too tight and traditional. Mm -hmm. And they, after talking to them, they want more flow in their life. They want more movement in their life. They want more forward thinking in their life. So I said, great, we're in the messy middle right now and we're going to work through that. And so I brought that feeling into the canvas and now we're even farther along. So it's bingo. It's that's, getting there. Oh my gosh. That's so amazing. And it's I just so thought, Jill, imagine 20 year old Jill Having you know, someone say, I don't like it, and you saying, great. Right. Bingo. See, here's the deal. Here's, here's, the, here's the, the, the end all be all. I'm 54, okay? If I did this when I was 20, it, 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 it wouldn't happen. It would not have happened. Oh. So all the crap that I went through my yes. whole life is why I'm able to do what I am able to do. The paint is just... A vehicle. Some people yes. write, some people sing, some people make you laugh like you. Yes. This is my way because I'm not a book book person, even though yeah. I did all that and I faked yeah. my way through <laughs> it, right? You know, yeah. We do that. We do yeah. that. Yeah. We all got to do something my, sometimes. Right? This is my but. contribution to the world. And it sounds heady and odd, but it's like, no, I want to help. I want to help you. I, I, I'm so blown away. You know, it's podcasts, so you can't see yeah. my face. I mean, you can, but right. my, I'm so blown away because I never, so I recently did a mindful painting class where we, yeah. it was like, we did, we went into our, you know, we did mindful, um, like a meditation and did it sure. and it was amazing. And I, sure. so I started to get it. I started right. to get how your subconscious can kind yep. of work and it was amazing. And I just, I never thought about how you as the commissioned artists can help people not only bring their vision to life, but work out, you know, they, and even if they don't know they're working it out, but just right. that you're able to reflect that to them. Right. Right. Because Gosh. a lot of it's, it's, it's a fine line. I have to look at my clients and sometimes it's husband's wife, sometimes it's a wife. 
Sometimes it's just a piece they want to pull the room together. You know, yeah. a simple hydrangea, whatever. That's fine. Something light and fluffy. Sometimes, and most of the time, it's something for their living room or their family room or their dining room where they're going to gather. And they'll say, listen, we have big family talks here. This is, we don't want something that's flat and dull. We want something that's going to energize and engage everyone to be part of it. And mm. that's what I'll put in there. So, yeah. I think that's so cool. Like I said, people don't even know they're doing it. Like they don't even know that that's happening. But right. um, I always joke a lot of times when you work with customers, you know, in any field, I always joke, yep. you know, it's almost like you're the, um, the therapist, yeah. not, not real kind of therapy, but or yeah. the mediator or something. Sure. And it's like this whole art, but it's almost like you're able to do that. I just, cause I'm the type that I don't know what I want. Like I'll say, oh, just Jill, paint me a piece. And then I would see it. And then it's like, mm, but that's not it. Mm, right. Yeah. <laughs> but you have yes. to get that out and think how much, you know, so often we feel stuff, but we don't know what we're feeling. Exactly. And the art, it's like, oh, I'm just connecting all these dots right now yes. <laughs> that like, oh, the art gives us something to bring the stuff inside that we don't have words to. Yes. It, 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 I, I wrote it down at one point. You are causing the future with a visual, the visual content. So, so many times people do vision boards and it's mostly women. I don't know how many men do vision boards. God love you if you do. I think it's great. But almost think of the art that I'm creating for people as visual content that you're using in your space daily. Mm. This art is going to become part of your life, part of your family, another family member. That's what the art is going to do. If you would have told me that 30 minutes ago, I would not have under, like that quote in and of itself, I would have said, I don't know. Uh -huh. I'm not really that much into art. I don't think right. so. And now going, I mean, this is why I love peeling back layers because now that we've yes. gone through everything, yes. totally get it. And yes. I told you we did the mindful painting class. And so to kind right. of, to give a real life example, the way it worked is, you know, you just literally painted whatever color you were drawn to. And I mean, if you've never done it, it sounds so like uh, hard woo -woo. to grasp. Yeah, woo. Yeah, yeah. But then once you get, and what's so funny is, so I started it and I knew I wanted to do something with the water, something similar right. to the picture behind you. And I started doing all these like wait, like wisps, waves and all this stuff. And what I found myself, like maybe my subconscious saying was, no, that's too crazy. You are more settled than you think you are. So it was almost like my conscious thought, oh, I'm all over the place. Oh. And once it was there, I thought, no. And I painted over it and I made it like a calm, serene water. Right. And right. I just, I would not, had I not had the experience, I would not have. Yeah. Um, but now I, when you talked about how the art is this reflection and all this stuff, now when I look at that piece I did, yeah. It totally makes sense. So. It does. And I think so many times linear th thinkers are celebrated in society mm. because they go logically one, two, three. I married one of those. I, ah. I kind of had to. It's best yeah. that way for everyone. Yeah, involved. right. <laughs> <laughs> because I, I prefer eight balls in the air spinning in six different directions and then me catching it every once in a while. That's Same. how I thrive. Yes. And that's how I, and if it's otherwise life's boring. 
Yes. It's a circus in my head. I say that all the time. Oh my but gosh. I think it's fun that way. And yeah. but you with the wisp, it's almost like I think sometimes people think that people who are artists or maybe they're flakes or they they don't think the same way. Well, we do. We just think in different orders, possibly. Mm-hmm. Like sometimes not at the end. Sometimes I think starting with the middle. Sometimes I think to the side. Yes. I mean, there's all different ways to think. I love that. And being open oh to gosh. all of it. So good. Jill, thank you so much for sharing your wisdom today. I feel like we only scratched the surface of your story. So um, I hope you'll be able to come back because I feel like um, there's just so much, so much good stuff. And if, um, if people want to find you, whether it's your book um, to read more of your story or your art to find your art or even to commission a piece. And you do, do you do classes too? I believe you do, right? I do. Yeah, that's what I thought. So how can, how can everyone find you? Sure. So my website is jillperlaart.com. Super easy. Facebook, Instagram, follow me there for all the photos and fun stuff. It's jillperlaart.com. And I do run a online art class. It's a club. So it's once a month and that is the creative kickstart. And that's also on my website. So fun, fun, fun stuff all the time. Awesome. And your book is Voices of the 21st Century. Century. Powerful, passionate women who make a difference. That's amazing. It's already an international bestseller. <gasps> Yay. That, cool? that is yeah. amazing. Well, I'm, it's no yeah. surprise because you are a powerful, passionate woman. And so Jill, I, I'm going to have to go back and listen to this because there's so many nuggets that you said <laughs> that I just, I can't even remember them all um, because it just kept blowing my mind. So thank you so much. Hey, thank you. It was an absolute pleasure. This was amazing. Thanks for helping us um, get this season two kicked off with a bang. Appreciate you. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. And that's a wrap for now. Thanks for listening to Flushing It Out with Samantha Spittle. Please visit our website at flushingitout.com for all things flushing. And be sure to subscribe and spread the word so that others can get out of this podcast what you do. This has been a Spitfire production. That was the greatest thing I've ever heard.